You are listening to The Exchange with Joy and Katie, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passion with purpose and to make an impact. Advancing the kingdom everywhere. We love to chat with inspiring people to exchange ideas on how we can live radical, Jesus-centered lives on Monday through till Saturday, as well as Sundays. Welcome to the Exchange Cast. This is Joy and Katie hosting an exchange of ideas with various people who understand that their workplace is their mission field and their Monday to Saturday is their ministry. We're chatting to everyday ordinary people who apply their skills and passions in the different spheres of society to advance the kingdom everywhere. And we are right in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown. And so we're taking the opportunity to talk to people who are leading in their spheres of society and asking them a bunch of questions. Just having a conversation around four key themes. We're asking them to reflect uh, on uh, what's going on for them at the moment. Perhaps what are they losing in this season and acknowledging how does it feel to let go of some things? We're asking them uh, about uh, reclaiming uh, what are the things that they realise are really important that they can't lose in this season. And then we're going on to talk about a reset as we look to the future. Uh, what's a reset look like and uh, what character assets or skills or tools do they and their sphere need in order to reset really well and we're heading towards reformation the final question about what does it look like for your sphere to contribute to the reformation of society as everything's been chopped up and uh, fragmented uh, and we're looking to rebuild something in the future uh, what does it look like uh, for you to contribute or participate with God to bring reformation so it's really exciting and it's a real uh, opportunity for us to dig into uh, different individuals and their work and their calling and what God might be doing in their sphere of work. I'm really excited about our guest tonight. Uh, Katie, why don't you introduce John Henry and let's hear who he is and what he gets up to. Yeah, so tonight, as Joy said, we're both equally excited uh, that we've got the brilliant John Henry with his brilliant brain who's going to be talking to us this evening. Uh, Now, John Henry represents the sphere of science and technology. Uh, So welcome, John. And I'm going to just start by asking you to tell us, um, what do you do for a living, John? Um, Hello, um, Joy and Katie. Um, My my career and my work, I've been a consultant most of my life working um, in the areas of science and environmental work, particularly looking at things like air pollution, but also working with a lot of people to help change the way they, they look at their business, they look at their local government job uh, and how they can be more efficient and probably cause less pollution. So I've been working <clears throat> to hopefully create a more sustainable world for a long time, have business doing this is the mid 80s, I suppose. Um, I've worked had the pleasure and opportunity working in about 30 countries and with all sorts of organizations from small firms up to the the larger uh, banks and multinationals. Wow. Brilliant. That sounds like a big, a big job and a big, um, a big kind of impact that you're, that you're able to, to make on the world, which, um, which is, is great, John Henry. And I'm going to just ask you just to give us a little bit of insight into your reality, your day to day, um, of your working life. Just tell us what you were doing at 11.30 last Wednesday. 
probably a lot of what I would be doing much of that time of day. I was in a detailed discussion uh, with a supplier and with a client looking at the potential for electric cars and how they've moved so far, so electric vehicles, and in the last just a couple of years. So how that that technology now is is developed, it is available. Uh, People probably aren't aware now that the cars have a genuine 250-mile range. And so that it's looking at the way that technology has finally started to catch up with the promise, as it were, um, mm-hmm. to really change lives and to and to reduce um, the impact on the world. Wow. And and Very I'm cool. guessing, uh, was that on a video call? <laughs> um, yes, part of it was. Uh, we've, we've all become quite adept. I've, I've been doing, funny enough, I try to get people to do video conferencing about 20 years ago. And <laughs> I, I must say I wasn't successful. Um, <laughs> but these days, people are happy to pick up and use Zoom or Teams or some of the professional ones you can buy that that, have, that are out there that are really secure. Um, to save time, which is the main thing, it also saves travel. Once you've met somebody in person, um, you can do lots with video calls. And video calls do work with people you haven't met. I was on a call today with some people down in Sussex, and it was very effective. It's mm, great. Yeah, and it's really in line with the values of your work, isn't it? It's really, that's cool. Um, I'd love to ask you about um, this season that we're in, in lockdown, where everyone's reflecting on life. Um, And could you uh, talk to us about, in your sphere and in your uh, particular, uh, your own work, what have you lost in this season and how you're acknowledging that and letting go of what's not really going to be necessary for the next season? Okay, well, there's two sides to that, of course. Some things that people have lost, that people lost some connectivity because people used to go and have a relationship and they would talk over a coffee or whatever. And so that, that affects science and technology progression because quite often ideas are sparked off of each other. So there's a bit of that that really doesn't work quite the same on a conference call. Um, so it's that connectivity or the synergy. Um, we've also lost, and if you spell the word busyness with a Y, a lot of people have lost busyness, which is actually a fantastic thing. Um, mm. And if you spell it with an I, some people have lost business, but a lot of people mm. have gained business. Um, it depends on the sector you're in, what you do and how you do it. But And to some extent, in some of the discussions, there's a, loss, a bit of a loss of clarity. But the flip side of all of those is that people now have more opportunity to think, more time. There's a huge gain in time not wasted and time not lost with commuting and traveling mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, and I think so people are gaining at this time focus and orientation. So I've been involved in a lot of discussions on research projects, delivering uh, new technologies, looking at business cases to deliver uh, battery systems to, for renewable energy to reduce the cost of power um, in peak time. And so the things we've, in terms of reflecting what we've lost, I think have actually been things that have helped us be more effective, funnily enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Once we've met people or we have a relationship, and that's so key here, um, the things we've lost have actually probably helped um, by helping us focus better, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, that's great. 
Katie, do you want to ask that question in the inverted way about the reclamation? Yeah, it's it's so interesting, John Henry, because every conversation that we we have had so far with everybody, you know, when we've asked um when we've asked people to reflect over this season, um and and we've kind of intentionally been asking, you know, what have you lost, so that we can then go on and say, um, in terms of reclaiming, what are the things that that you've gained what are you going to be bringing forward into the next season of your life out of this season but everybody seems to have um almost um struggled to talk about the loss but rather the gains um which is ironic you know within this period and and of course you know there are significant losses but I love that there are um there's just so much that has come out of um recurring themes that people are talking about in terms of um, busyness, in terms of relationships, in terms of stopping and taking a breath. Um, it's 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 a real God thing, I think. You know how, how God says that he works all things for the good and it's just incredible to hear you talking about those good things um, despite the losses. Mm. But really, really our next question, um, as Joy said, is, is reclaiming. So we'd love to know three things um, that you've realised are important during this season um that you want to carry forward into into your next season well it sounds like from what you just said that others are also in the same space on this and um that looking at what not just what how we've lost stuff but what we've recovered or what in your case in this case reclaimed the three that i've i've identified that i'd like to kind of share is, is relationship and mm. it's been really interesting when you have a bit more time to talk to people how many people I've been working with over the years um, are now clearly Christian. Um, Mm -hmm. You might've thought they were Christian before, but you weren't, we weren't sure. And you would meet somebody in a meeting and there was never a chance to speak to them. But when you're on a conference call with them, um, you can find out. So I was, there's a, an environmental person. He's been running a college. He's now doing his own business and he lives down in Devon. And um, one of the things we've been doing a lot over the, over the last couple of months is, having dinners with people over zoom and so well they'll cook a meal we'll cook a meal and then we'll get the computers out or the phones or whatever mm-hmm. and we'll share dinner together and it's a really good way to get to know people and it's quite fun and relaxing it's easier that it's not a conference call so the computers on the other side of the table where they would be sitting in effect and you can get to know and develop a relationship like that in a way that that actually is in some, it's not as good as being with them, arguably, I would suppose, but it's very, very good. So one thing is relationship, and I'm finding that some of those are deepening. Uh, the connections I've had in the last couple months, people reconnecting, uh, it's been really positive. The second thing I would say is time and understanding time. And the third, and I'll come back to that in a minute, and the third is vision uh, or understanding where you're trying to go, which mm. the problems I think we have is that the people are are too busy trying to do stuff. Um, I'm going to pick up on this in a bit later, but we are human beings, not human doings, and I suspect mm-hmm. other people have said that as well. And so I think the three that I'd put down are relationship, to reclaim um, the time that we're now arguably enjoying more, albeit I'm unbelievably busy. Um, and the other is, is having a clear eye on your vision of where you're going. That's brilliant. And and would you say that as a result of this period, you know, where you've you've had this chance to uh to reflect and and 
almost the things that you're talking about in terms of of time and other things would you say that your vision has changed you know has God spoken to you about your vision for for where you're going personally within your sphere he has spoken but he hasn't he hasn't changed it he's just reinforced it Mm. and um the number of people like myself who've been doing environment sustainability climate work for 30 plus years easily for for me anyway and for a few others um it's all of a sudden people seem to get what i've been talking about for (laughs) for all Mm -hmm. this time um you don't have to drive you don't have to consume you don't have to have all this stuff um Mm. and we one of the things i'm not sure where this belongs in conversation but one of the things we need to um to do is to to it comes to the reform bit of it is to reform marketers Mm. Yeah, they need to quit trying to get us to buy stuff, <laughs> um, and yeah. that seems to be their mandate. So you, you, that people's value sense, they use the um, Maslow's hierarchy unbelievably well, and they touch people's sensitive points, marketers do, and get us to want stuff that we never, we don't need, and we shouldn't want. Mm. Um, and so I think that's going to be quite exciting if we can maintain yeah. maintain this when we. Coming out of this could take a while as well, of course. And yeah, well, I think let's that's talk not about, a bad thing. Yeah, let's talk about the reset and coming out of it because I'd love to hear more when we get to the Reformation stuff about um, what you're thinking for the vision and for you know the stuff you just referred to about consumption. Uh, but if you're thinking about um, into the future and it feels like we're on a bit of a pause and lots of people are reflecting on the busyness and like being able to rest a bit. What, what do you think, as we look to a reset, what do you think the tools and character assets are that your sphere or, or you need in order to do a really good reset? And then um, talk to us about how you're digging into those and what practices you're engaging with to develop those. Okay, okay. part of that is the, I think this is a time, and you can use the word um, Sabbath and, and church and, and most often in work, the sabbatical, which is the same word, of course. Um, mm. And so I think when we reset, we need to have looked at what we can learn in this in the Sabbath, um, in this time when we do have a chance to stop and think, and then go back. And what I'd like to, something I've felt for a long time, and this is a way I think people can now understand it much better, is we need to focus on value when we go back. Um, if you look at it in terms of a business model, so many companies are trying to sell stuff to increase their output, to increase their revenue. And we shouldn't really be looking at, at that as the thing that's the be all end all. So people want to go back and produce stuff and consume stuff and get back on the, um, the hamster wheel. What we've got to do is not do that. We've got to look at balance sheet and value that persists, stuff that's not ephemeral. Because um, I think people are starting to realize that to a much greater degree. Mm-hmm. I. I'm aware that the people I deal with primarily at the moment, because you don't see everybody quite the same, and the people we see uh, through our, we're having two prayer meetings every day with our church through Zoom, Um, but I still don't see it through that, is there an awful lot of people in society at the moment who are struggling and are very needy, and fortunately the government's doing a lot currently to try to help that. So we, we need to be aware that when we're talking in the science and technology space that quite a few of us are in jobs that we can probably do a lot of at home. Albeit yeah. there's a pro- there's a project I, I'm trying to get going 
where we need to be in a lab and do some actual science in a lab, if that makes sense. And obviously that's not possible at the moment. Um, it will become possible, I think, but currently it isn't. But I think going back to answer your question to reset is to look at values that persist and things that are not ephemeral. Um, and that's relationship, that's mm. education, that's thinking, um, and understanding what you should be doing, not necessarily what someone else is trying to get you to do. Mm. Can, can you talk that, to us about that, how... Is that enough of that? Sorry? Yeah, that's great. I'd love to know how you're personally digging into that um, in terms of, you know, the things that you hold value, um, uh, the education, the relationship, just like just a headline on some of the things that some of the practices or ways that you do that. Well, for, <laughs> there's an expression in our society, which is every day is a school day. And mm. I really enjoy learning. So I, I find in my opportunity, I can learn new things, but also learn about um, people and systems. I find I do quite a lot of reading and sometimes watch videos on, on the internet. I tend not to do that too much because of the, um, I do sometimes because it's relaxing, but the transfer rate of information is too slow. Um, <laughs> but the, it's interesting to look at spending time differently. So it's one of the things that my wife and I are, are finding at present is we get up and we can mo many mornings exercise and we'll have breakfast and we'll spend time reading the Bible together. And mm. that's for us is a great way to start the day. And I wouldn't want to lose that. And so people that commute don't have that opportunity the same, do they? Yeah. And so when we go back, we need to find a way for people to have the opportunity to, to do that, uh, to work with other people, share with other people, and spend right. more time focusing on value creation and not production of stuff. Yeah, that's brilliant. Because almost I think you know if you, if you look at for a lot of us you know the busyness of of our days it reflects what we value doesn't it because we all have mm. the choice when we go back into um normal life whatever that may look like you know when we get to a stage where we're able to go out and about and go back to a kind of um more business as usual we still have that option to stop and reflect in the mornings to have our time with each other and with god that is always a choice isn't it and I think for a lot of us, we choose not to because we are putting value on output or efficiency or whatever that is. But I think I think you're right in that sense, John Henry. I think that's that's um, that's really wise. One of the things that uh, Alan Hoare and I share a lot is um, we both have quite a lot of interest in monastic practice and some of the things that they learned in the, in the monastery. And then there's a thing called the Rule of Benedict, and this is probably now for 1,800 years or so. They would pray seven times a day. Mm. Now, I don't think I could probably get our church to do that together, even over on, even on Zoom. Um, you never know. So we've decided just to go for evening, morning and evening prayer. And we're having all sorts of people. In fact, we now got people from uh, some of the other churches in town are showing up to pray with us twice a day for 15 minutes, um, which is what we think God wants us to be doing. So we're using technology to get together and pray. Mm. and it's um it's uh, we're sowing and it's going to reap that there's going to be mm. something to come from this and actually the i think i think the, preparing um, people as much. yeah probably the the technology of being able to uh practically roll out of bed and onto a zoom meeting for a prayer morning morning is um is much more 
<laughs> tempting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to have your video on. <laughs> oh, that is a definite pro at 7 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. <laughs> Pray in your jammers. Great. <laughs> Brilliant. So I think that takes us um, quite well onto the last section, which I think for both Joy and I, we're quite um, excited about this section for yourself because yeah. obviously being being somebody who's so um, focused on the environment and um, you know the the impact of what has happened and how um, this this horrendous virus has slowed down our world to the point where you're hearing um, news stories all the time about how our world is suddenly healing you know the natural um world as we see as cars are stopping and trains are stopping and and things are coming to an end like the environmental impact on that so um I guess that that probably for you is is rather exciting but I think it'd just be interesting you know for yourself within your sphere within your area um how do you think things are going to reform how are things reforming what does that look like well, as you just indicated, I think we're starting to see some signs of if people lived more sensibly, um, we could treat the world better and the world would recover. So there's one of the key things that's come out is just how much air pollution has dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think most people in the country are aware that we lose something of the order of 40,000 people a year in this country from an early death because of air pollution. Wow. Those are the estimates. Um which is currently more than or the same order of magnitude as what's happening from the COVID virus, albeit that's in a few months, not a year. Um, So the air pollution dropping is massively important. Um, It's nice to see the stars at night without quite as much pollution, even even in rural Lincolnshire. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think what we do is we're currently standing on the cusp of a really a key moment in history where we've got an opportunity to create a whole new way of living and, and of being human beings, as I said a few months ago. I think we really need to grab it and try to create the future that we all wanted when we were younger and we could, you could have the optimism you're looking forward to where you were going. Um, there's a famous quote that in wilderness is the preservation of the world. And mm. we need more wilderness. We need more wildlife. We need less pollution. And I think we were in the chance of a real challenge uh, that will deliver to us an opportunity to return from it and to go back from pause to chance this chance where we're catching our breath. So we've got this urgency intruding into the now. Um, and the lack of purpose so many people have in their lives, fortunately Christians by and large don't have that problem, um, to go back to something better. Um, and that's mm. what I think we've got this opportunity to do that. And really your question is what does that better look like? Um, yeah. Helping we real, rebuild a society that's different. And I would say, and many people I know would say it's more in line with God wanted in the first place. Um, and people will definitely be first in this. That's that's the key issue we've got to have. Instead of productivity or output or targets of X, Y, or Z. Um, so it's going to be a new way of living. Um, one of the things that I've been in, I've been on a number of calls and trying to align the time to speak to a colleague has been quite fun because I know they have young kids. And both of the both uh, the parents are working. So you have to arrange a time when they can juggle the kids, um, mm. which is great. And that's the way it should be. But can you imagine before all of this, people taking that into consideration? Mm. And so that's going to be really important. Um, yeah. 
we've got an opportunity really for, for heaven to invade our lives a bit more. So there's going to be less mm-hmm. travel. Um, people are driving less. People are cycling more. It is the right time of year for cycling. Um, mm-hmm. Cycling in, in the UK on a wet, snowy January day is not as much as fun. <laughs> but it's important. So we have this a radical change, not to return to their frantic lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and going, one of the things that we can do is go beyond the flexi time and, and working from home. That's really important. Years ago, I offered my colleagues uh, the opportunity to go to flexi time, the core hours, which is reasonable. And also, I said, how many of you would like to do uh, a nine-day fortnight so you could have every other Friday off? And not a single person took me up on it. Wow. Uh, which I'm still surprised at. But mm-hmm. I think now people would. You know? Yeah. People would say that, oh, yeah, I'll have every other weekend as a three-day weekend. <laughs> yeah. And this is it's, it's really exciting that we can do this. So there's going to be less pollution. Um, we're in a period where we haven't used coal for energy in a month. Mm. And so that's got to be good. Um, mm. The wind power is still increasing. The, the solar panel, of course, we're in the right time of year for solar power. And the demand has gone down tremendously. The train's not moving. With Many uh, major buildings are being empty. One thing that's going to be exciting, I think, is to figure out how we can use buildings better and not build new ones at the yeah. same rate we've been trying to right. build them. Yeah. And so one option is, and I've suggested this again years ago, and I'm going to try. I'm trying again at the moment. Um, so wish me luck with this one. But we could look at it in terms of the need for social distancing, which is, I think, going to go on for quite a while in fairness uh, because of the way that this virus seems to be persisting um, and doesn't go away in the same way that a cold does, um, at least not currently. And they're finding that the natural immunity levels in the countries where it's um, occurred are very low. Mm. So we're not developing the herd immunity that you probably heard talk about a few months ago. I'm not going to get into the science about that's a much bigger conversation. But the um, if we do look at trying to use buildings better, one of the things we could do is stagger the working day. So you could have something as simple as two shifts. At the moment, one of the things we're very wasteful about is most buildings, stores, schools, public sector buildings, are only used for one shift. So they're open from, say, eight in the morning to five at night. And so they're only open for a third of the day. The two-thirds of the day, they're sitting there getting cold, using energy, and not being used. So we could look at doing something like a two-shift pattern, seven to three, and three to 11 at night, where only two-thirds of the people come in. Um, maybe a, way, a different way of doing that would be have some of the people start at eight, some start at 12, some start at four. So you have staggered starts. So you only at most ever would have a third of the people in an office building or in a store or in a shop or in a public sector building or in a library at any one time. And we could then use the buildings better. People could be at home. It would just extend the day, uh, but not necessarily. You could, you could have an 8 a.m. start, an 8 p.m. finish and do that. So that could be a very radical change of how we live that would deliver more people-focused, healthier, and more sustainable as well because we'd be using the buildings more of the day. We'd be using them better as an asset. That's quite a radical change in society. But 
this virus has pushed us to a place where we need to look at quite dramatic changes in society to to move forward, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is doing that. I A word you used earlier that I, I was wanting to bring up now is we need to focus on outcomes and not and not inputs per se. Yeah. One of the problems a lot of businesses have is they expect you to be there eight hours a day. Um, mm. well, why are we doing that? We should be focused on the person should come in and do what they need to do to get the job done. Yeah. And this has been talked about a lot over the, over the decades, but it's never happened. Um, and this is an opportunity to look at resources so people will drive less, people could and need less large cars because you're not going to be traveling so much, taking so much stuff with you. I think it's going to be interesting to see that this next year, if we are not allowed to travel internationally, which is um, seems to be what's going to happen uh, to a mm-hmm. large extent, what are people going to do here in terms of spending more time with family, spending more time with friends, spending more time with church when they travel in the UK? It's very exciting what we could we could see here to create a a better absolutely as it were i've heard of of you know um lots of families camping in their gardens kind of over this period and people are you know posting photos on instagram of of kind of camping and stoves and it just looks beautiful sleeping under the stars and it it genuinely makes you think you know i think there's always this pressure like right we've got a family holiday coming up where should we go right we need to go abroad let's go to spain and it's busy busy packing going whereas actually there's so much beauty to be found in your own back garden and who would have ever even thought of that well um we've got some of people in our church have done that and our daughter and our son-in-law and and their kids have come and and camped in our back garden in the past so (laughs) it's um no i think you're absolutely right there we've gotten used to not driving so much we've gotten used to not shopping so much we've gotten used to not consuming so much what we find out how can we stay with this reduce the impact on the earth and have actually better quality of life 100 percent. yeah wow that's really good yeah there's I, a thing I you think... can see in the in the news recently um i saw a picture of some of the import terminals in the country are just cluttered knee-deep as it were in and cars that nobody's buying and right. it just shows you we don't actually need and i know the car people will like me saying this we don't need mm-hmm. so many cars and the cars we do need need to be more friendly and i mentioned earlier that electric cars have come on hugely of late um, and, and offer now a practical option to more people. Um, mm. There are different ways of not owning a car, but having um, either regular or part-time access to it in the financial models mm. that really work now for people. So you don't have to own a car anymore, but you have regular access to it. And these are, I guess we figure out how to mobilize and value people better. Um, yeah. And so again, let's look at human beings and not human doings, and yeah. not be focused on consuming, but, in, but be focused on living. Yeah, that's great. I think um, in one of our earlier po- podcasts, we were talking to Keith Lockwood, who works in the retail sphere, and uh, some of the things that he's talking about is very really similar in terms of what you've referred to in the marketing and the kind of um, uh, the thing that we're told we need to need we need to want more and need more and um there's uh, there's something in the stillness of this moment that um even where we realize what's really important and um it is a a 
a prayer and a hope that uh, we'd be able to tell a different story of what humanity really needs um, and to convince people about that. And I think some of the work that you're doing is really inspiring in terms of um, showing the, uh, the different innovative ways of uh, life and living. And um, like we love uh, all the things that you're up to, John Henry. It's really inspiring. And um, it's been great to talk to you. Is there uh, anything else, uh, Katie or John Henry, you want to say as a final comment before uh, we finish? No, I think it's been really, really valuable, John Henry. And I think, you know, just just this topic of, of the environment and how how we can protect our world it's just it's so important you know it's it's something that especially in 2020 it, even at the beginning of our year it, it was mm. it, it suddenly became yeah. so high, high profile and isn't it interesting that now we're we're kind of forced into um into um really putting a focus on it so I think the work you're doing is brilliant and it's it's yeah. so interesting to hear about how you're how you're doing it really absolutely if I can give you two final comments, a comment you made about camping. By the time I was 21, I spent collectively over an entire year outdoor camping. Wow. Um, not in my back garden, but all in a number of wilderness areas. Um, and I think that was part of what sort of helped create my orientation. Uh, you were asking about it the other day, Joy. Mm. Um, and I do think we're going to find people coming back to being more environmentally aware and more environmentally uh responsible as we move forward um and i'm very excited about seeing that so that the even a year ago people looking at renewable energy or or projects that would have a lower carbon footprint they kept saying no it's too expensive no it's too expensive and i've just been working with a major project down in the southwest and they've decided no we're not going to wait 10 years to go carbon neutral we're going to do it from day one and so i put together the design the design to do that to build three thousand houses and a bunch of commercial space that will be carbon zero from day one. Yeah. So yeah, it's happening brilliant. and it's very exciting. Yeah. Great. Yeah. May God bless you and everything that you're doing. It's uh, brilliant as you inspire us to live better and to tell a different story. Uh, we're really grateful that you've uh, been with us today. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story and your ideas. And um, you've been listening to the Exchange podcast and we'd love for you to join us next time as we exchange ideas uh, to advance the kingdom everywhere. Mm-hmm.